Why don't you stand for the reading of the word? Jeremiah 29, 11. This is an unorthodox word for the birthday of the church. Normally, I'd be in Acts 2 or I'd be in Acts 1 uh, on this day. But today, I just, uh, there was so much spiritual noise. I was telling one brother here, Brother Stacy Hall from Alaska, I was telling him there was just so much spiritual noise last night. I was trying to make sure this was the sermon to preach for today. And I was up till 2 a.m. just trying and seeking God and just saying, Lord, I, there is so much churning in this city right now. You probably came with all kinds of struggle. You may have had depression try to get a hold of you this week. You may have had marital trouble this week. That is a sign that we are stirring some stuff up. But when, when, we, when we have that happen, we know we need to stir up the gift that's in us. Amen. Because greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. We have something more powerful. You got built-in breakthrough. I already said it, so use it. Amen? And let's take it to the arena today. I'm excited about it. But this, this particular word is, is on a little bit different slant today, and I'm thankful. Are you glad about the birthday of the church? Amen? I'm so grateful that God poured his spirit out on us and that we are grafted into that vine, amen, and we are part of the church, the Gentile church, and so thank God for that. But this particular word is what he gave me early in the week, and I just was trying to confirm it last week, and I want to go to Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Anybody not have a future before? You didn't know where you were going to be? How many needed hope and God gave it to you? Amen? Anybody like me had a rough upbringing? You know what it's like to not be able to find hope, but then you found Jesus, the anchor of your soul? Amen? Anybody know what I'm talking about? His thoughts are pleasant towards you. And I want to just speak to you for a little while about he thinks the world of you. He thinks the world of you. He came to an upper room because he thinks the world of you. Jesus, minister the word, Lord God. It is already anointed. I am just a vessel. Get my flesh out of the way. Lord, let me stand aside and let the word of the Lord go forth with its anointing. Let me be an oracle to touch a heart today and let this seed be sown in someone's life that brings forth a mighty harvest. And someone said in Jesus' name, you may be seated in the house of the Lord. God bless you. He created the heavens and the earth. I told the church not long ago, how do you know if your preacher's long-winded? If he starts his sermon within the beginning, he's going to be a long-winded preacher. God owns his word, amen? And his word sustains his world, amen? In the Bible, it shows an immense amount of care that God gives to his word and his whole creation, especially for each one of us, the people of God, those that have been saved, sanctified, and delivered. Amen? And so he cares for us. He has a plan for each one of us. I'm thankful he's working his plan for my life. He will not forsake us. How many know that's true? He'll never leave you or forsake you. That means he'll not abandon you. He'll be by your side. And he wants us to spend eternity with him. How many have an amen right there? 
that you are a spiritual being, body, soul, and spirit. You are two-thirds eternal. Understand that whenever you can't be satisfied by the things of this earth, it's because two parts of you are spiritually eternal. You can only be truly satisfied in this life by reaching for eternal things because you are a spirit in a body, not a body with a spirit. You are an eternal being, and so therefore God has put his substance in place to entertain a spiritual being, but we know that there was a fall of man. We understand the trajectory of man and this earth, but I understand also that God loves us so much that he's made covenant with his people and his covenants will always remain. Amen? God cares for us. Says, your eyes saw my substance in Psalms 139. Being yet unformed, and in your book they are, they all were written, the days fashioned for me. He already knew my days, amen? When as yet there were none of them, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O God. Or how precious is his thoughts for us is what that means. How great is the sum of them. In other words, God's thinking of you. Do you understand that? He can spin universes and think of you at the same time. God can create a world. And he said, I love you so much. I'll make a place for you, specifically designed for you, your physical body, to touch and interact and see and experience. I won't just put a river and a stream in the woods, but I'll put birds in the trees and bees on the flowers. And I'll make valleys full of lilies. And I'll make them medicinal so that you can crush them and use them forever purposes to heal the human body. I will do all of this intertwined in a world and I will make it all for you because I love you that much. I think the world of you. You are precious in my sight. My thoughts are towards you and I am not angry, bro. <laughs> I love you and you are precious to me says, precious are his thoughts. Precious equals highly valued or to be prized. Exodus 19.5 is a beautiful passage of scripture. It says, now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people. For, and he puts a semicolon in, and then he says, because he could have ended the sentence there. And then he says, for all the earth is mine. He attaches his creation to how much he loves you. He put a world in place and spun it on nothing. And then he says, you are my precious creation. You are my precious or special treasure, highly valued above all people, he said. And if you don't believe that I can make a treasure out of the mess you've been through, if you don't believe I can make a treasure out of the life you've lived through, if you don't believe that I can turn around everything and make it for good, no, I may not have life. It. Someone may have chosen with the will of man. Someone may have brought it on you, but I can use it if you give it to me because look what I do with this world that I spin. I can take your life and I can make it a special treasure because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28 reminds us that God can do all things with everything we surrender to him. Even the ugly things can be made beautiful. And he says, for the earth is mine. That's why I have proof. 
I can make you a special treasure above all people because the earth I created, I thank the world of you. Now then, Scripture tells us. And we know that we did not include all of the understanding in this Scripture for the context, but I want you to understand that a semicolon is in, in literary writing is always a place where you could have put a, a period. You could have stopped the sentence there. And so the writer puts a semicolon before he brings up what God says, for all the earth is mine. Why a semicolon? Because he thinks the world of you. Because he wants you to know that you are a high treasure. He loves you more than this world. Understand that. That he came and he died for you. And all creation groans for the redemption. That day when we shall be taken home. That day when there shall be a new heaven and a new earth created. His creation groans for the day of being recovered. It has fallen into sin and intrepidity. Uh, well, can't say that word. You should not put it in your sermon if you can't say it. He put his creation behind his statement of value for you. He said, I will make you a special treasure. And if you don't believe me, I'll put a colon and continue by saying, because the earth is mine. When you look at creation, you look at God's express sentence to you saying, I love you. When you see a bird fly by, you better hear, I love you. When you see trees blooming and flowers blooming in springtime, or when you plant flowers out front like Sister Jessica does to beautify the place around us, when you pull up to the church and you see the flowers in front of the church, you need to see, I love you, because his creation expresses his thoughts for you. Amen? It was Amy Bloom. Blue that kicked off a, mo a movement that was called the Semicolon Project. Maybe you've heard of it. She lived in Green Bay, and her father unfortunately suffered a tragic suicide. And so she decided she was going to create a, something out of a punctuation mark that turned into a badge for the entire world to, to take. And many have, have taken this, this semicolon, and they've, they've written it down, and they've done things with it. They've posted it online. But it's, it's meant to mean those who struggle with depression, suicide, addiction, anxiety, and self-injury. They put a semicolon because they could have taken their own lives. Many of them struggling with suicide. They could have taken their own lives, but instead of putting a period and taking their own life, they put a semicolon and said, God is the author of my life, and he's got more for me than the struggles I've been through. I'm going to put a semicolon here and let him keep writing my story because he loves me enough to create a place for me. And if he can make the world as a place in a garden for us, then he can make a new life for me. A semicolon is used when an author could have chosen to end their sentence but chose not to. The author is you, they say here in the Project Semicolon website. The author is you and the sentence is your life. I would like to change that to say the author is Jesus Christ and the sentence is your story, amen? And your testimony is what you overcome with. For they shall overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony revelations tells us i'm thankful for the battle that some people have been through when they put a semicolon behind it and then they use it for the glory of god I'm thankful for every struggle. No, not because of the pain they went through. Dear Lord, no. I'm so sorry for that. But because they turned their pain into purpose. And they're using it for the kingdom of God. To pull people out of the fire. Those that are touched by diff difficult and desperate things. They pull them into the kingdom of God. Many are still grappling 
with the understanding of the rising of suicide in 2020. They don't even have the numbers yet because it's been so amazing that the struggle that's happened with the isolation with teenagers, the, the suicide rate in teenagers has gone so high. But in 2019, we saw that suicide was the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. 47,511 Americans died of suicide in 2019. There were an estimated 1.38 million people who had struggled with suicide thoughts or nearly or attempted suicide in the United States in 2019. And the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention's numbers for 2020 are still not in just because of the staggering amounts of data they're having to process over all who have been touched by the semicolon, all the, the who've been touched by the difficulties of life and are trying to make it out alive. I pray right now in the name of Jesus for anyone who has ever struggled with hurt, with self-harm, with suicidal thoughts, with difficulties in their life. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that is not your path, that is not your future, that is not your hope in the name of Jesus. I bind depression in this house and in the online. If you're listening online, I bind depression in the name of Jesus. You have a better life ahead of you. There is hope in Jesus Christ. He will do everything possible to turn you around. Hear me. Because he will put his power in you by the Holy Ghost. And greater is he already said it than he that is in the world. He put creation behind his semicolon for you to say, I still have a greater story for you. I don't care where you came from. I got more to say about your life. As long as God is talking about your life, he has to fulfill the words that he's saying. And if he's saying something, it's sustained by his power. So as long as you get on your knees and you're praying, Lord, speak, you're actually building a better future for yourself because whatever he says has to come to pass. His word is spirit and it is life, brothers and sisters. It is not only pulling your spirit out of where you came from, but it's speaking life to your tomorrows. That is what he thinks of you. He will put a word in your life. And then he will work it to his fruition. He'll bring it to his will. So when God calls you a treasure, the earth and all its treasures are his, he says. So he's the one most qualified to make you a treasure. Everything he's buried in the earth, we just took it out from underneath the earth, piled it on top, and built buildings with it. Everything he put in creation. We're just now finding out Nan, who is a biologist. She's a marine biologist. She was circled by two whales back in 2017. And these two whales seemed to be wanting to play with her. Never saw an interaction between whales. Blue, I believe it was a blue whale, one of the largest whales in the ocean, that where they would put their, her, their pectoral fin up and protect her. And suddenly she saw another small whale fl flying their or swimming their direction. And she realized that the whale's tail was not going up and down, but it was going sideways. It was a, it was a massive 18-foot tiger shark and it was coming to attack her and the two whales had surrounded her and protected her in the ocean while she was swimming. She did not realize what was going on till later but they literally were protecting her. God has made creation that is sympathetic to your needs even. Dolphins can recognize cancer in the human body. Dolphins can recognize a change in frequency. How many know we resonate a frequency and if we don't resonate a frequency God said he can make rocks resonate a frequency that praises him. This whole earth is resonating something. What are you resonating today? Are you lifting up praise to Jesus? Are you resonating glory to him? 
A year later, someone called her from the docks and said there's a whale down by the docks where she was working. They are tagging these whales. They are tagging these whales and, and watching the migration pattern of these whales. She went down there, and the whale came up to the dock, turned over, looked her right in the eye, and began to flap its pectoral fin. It recognized her a year later. This is the stuff that people don't know yet. And what they don't know is this, that the earth is set on the axis of about 24 degrees, 23, 4, 9, something else, point something else. And what's interesting about it is they're just now finding out as they're tagging these whales that they can literally want to run a mathematical algorithm and tell you where that whale will be in another ocean in another time. Because every single whale, don't, they don't just make random turns, but they literally turn according to the heavenly bodies and the earth and the placement of the axis of the earth. They literally turn within the mathematical process of that 23.49. Every turn they make is either in line mathematically with 23.49, the axis of the earth's, the number of the axis of the or a derivative of that. So they literally are now trying to put legislation in place to move fishing nets and fishing boats out of the way because they can pinpoint where a whale will be in another ocean just by running a math figuration. And God said... I'll make you a treasure, semicolon, because I own the earth. We're still finding out what he did. We don't even understand. He said, you are beautifully and wonderfully, marvelously made. We haven't even truly unearthed the physical science and the natural science of, the own, of our own human body, what it does and how it resonates and what it does through, through praying for people and the laying on of hands and how we can translate the power of God through, through praying for people. But I understand this, that there is beautiful things in each one of you, and God is bringing you to a place of treasure. And if you release yourself to him, he can do better with your life than you could ever do with it yourself. I promise you, there is victory for you in Jesus. So when God calls you a treasure, he knows what he's talking about because he made you. In the belly, he knew you. He formed you. Thank you, Jeremiah. In the book on being Pentecostal, David Bernard and Robin Johnson says these words. It gives an introduction to the 18th century Christian philosopher, William Paley. They, that was the leading proponent for what is now known as natural theology. He did, the most, he did this most famously with the watchmaker analogy, if you've ever heard that analogy, in which he compared a watch found on the side of the road to the physical world. Paley insisted, hear me, Paley insisted that no one would doubt the watch had a maker if they saw it by itself on the side of the road. No one would doubt that. He argued that the world is much more complex and therefore must have a designer. Paley understood the designer to be God, and he developed something known as natural theology. In other words, when you look at the earth, you see God. When you look at the work he's doing in your life... When you look at the treasure he's making out of your children, when you look at the treasure he's making out of his church in the earth, you cannot but help see there's a designer and he birthed this church at Pentecost and he still got his hand on it. And tonight we're going to experience the power of the designer who thinks the world of a lost soul. In fact, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And we know believers are followers of Christ Jesus. We follow him in repentance. 
We follow him through death and baptism. We follow him through the empty tomb and resurrection, filling of the Holy Ghost. Amen, somebody. God who spoke the world into existence. Day one called light day and darkness he called night. Day two divided water and sky. Day three, land, trees, grass, seed, plants. Day three, sun, moon, and stars, those things which would govern the tides of the earth. How many have been driving around and people are just driving crazy? People are acting crazy. And you go, man, it must be a full moon today. You didn't know it was going to be a full moon. There's got to be a full moon today. And then, those, then you get to darkness and there's no clouds and there's a full moon. You're like, I told you. Something's up with people today. We have positive and negative ions in our body, brothers and sisters, and the whole world is run on electricity and energy, amen? And he is the God who can touch your body, and he can heal you, he can deliver you, and he can save you. But he did all of these things in compartments each day, developing even further the creation. And so he had to create the moon and the stars and the sun because he would use those to guide the fish and the whales in the ocean. Do you understand? So day five, day four, he creates the celestial bodies. Day five, he creates the things that would attach to and understand and turn according to the axis of the earth. Fish, water creatures, birds, and then living creatures. Amen. Cattle creeping things, and you and I. Amen. Instead of speaking, though, he spoke everything into existence, but when he got to creating us, he reached down and formed us because God always wants you in his hands. God always wants to hold your life. He always wants to create your life. He always wants to be the potter in your life and form your life. He is a creator, and he thinks the world of you. Amen? And then even though all six times it says the evening and the morning were the day, he says on the seventh day he rested, and there is no evening and morning on that day. Why? Because the seventh is the representation of the eternal. There is no setting of the sun or rising of the sun when there's eternal things. And the rest would be linked to the Holy Ghost, the birthday we celebrate today. For this is the rest wherein you shall cause the weary to rest. You shall receive the Holy Ghost after that is the power, the power of the Holy Ghost shall come upon you. Amen. And whenever you have that, it is the rest. It is day seven in your life. It's that rest that God brings because he said, I own creation, and I will create everything in its proper time, and I will bring rest to your life. And so we understand the scriptures that all things are done well by him. And his divine, as a divine power, has given to us all things that pertaineth to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Amen. Today is the day his promise was fulfilled in the book of Acts. Through That through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in this, that is in the world through lust. Amen. And so even though he made us, even though he created a place for us, even though we fell, he created a way out. Amen. My wife and I, and I'm wrapping up as fast as I can. I know we have a lot to do today. My wife and I decided we were going to do a drive up the East Coast. And we were driving up the East Coast, and we were going through New York, and we decided we'd go to see the Statue of Liberty. How many have been to see the Statue of Liberty? Anybody here? Some of you? All right, awesome. Some of you. 
I didn't even think about the fact that there are other islands around the Statue of Liberty, Staten Island, some other things, some other places. You know, we were just going to go directly to the, the Statue of Liberty. But there is an island that no one goes to, and it's called the, the island. It's known as Heart Island. No one goes there. It's found just off the coast of Long Island. And there is where there is one million potter's graves or potter's field graves. It's where they buried the poor of New York. But in spite of that location being there and it being around so much population, no one goes to visit the graves at Hart Island. And so with the spike of COVID-19 and with the burials that were going on, the numerous bur burials that were happening at Hart Island, seemingly even careless as it didn't seem to matter the lives that they were burying there, they, they, did, not, they did not even put enough attention sometimes in some of the recent burials in that island. But there is one thing that happens that's changed, and people started to notice that there was a monument in the middle of the island that these people are not forgotten because in, on that monument in the middle of an island, there stands a, a tall cross, and on that white cross is written the words, He calleth his own by name. And it is a testament to the world that even if everyone else forgets about you, even if everyone else says you don't, you're not valuable, you're not worth anything, we'll put you on an island and never visit you, God still says, I called you by name. You are my creation, and I love you, and I will come for you. As the Lord says it, he will do it. You may have been forgotten by the city. You may have been forgotten by your family. You may have been forgotten by others who thought you were not worthy enough, but I want to tell you that you matter and you are a treasure today, and he will put his treasure in earthen vessels. In other words, he doesn't put anything valuable in junk. Understand me today that when I'm preaching about the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about the most powerful and beautiful treasure ever given to man, that he would put his spirit inside of us, and the fact that he does that is the very statement that you you are worth everything to him. You are a treasure and you matter because he put his spirit in the earth and when he did it, he put it in you. He made you his resting place. That's how much he thinks of you because he thinks the world of you. God encountered Jeremiah and he said, have you heard the rumors about my people that they've been rejected by their God? And he said, I want to tell you something, Jeremiah. I want to tell you something. I have not rejected my people. He says, I, so they despise my people and no longer regard them as a nation. This is what he says in Jeremiah 33. You can read it for yourself if you want to. He says, Jeremiah, have you noticed what these people are saying? The Lord has rejected the two families he had chosen. So they despise my people and no longer regard them as a nation. This is what the Lord says. If if I have not established my covenant with the day and the night and fixed order of the heaven and the earth, then I would also reject the descendants of Jacob and my servant David so as not to take from his descendants rulers over the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Hear me, for I will restore them from captivity and will have compassion on them. One translation says, I will have mercy on them. And in other words, he's saying, if you think my people have been ignored by me or rejected by their God, just look at my covenant with the day and with the night. 
just look at what I've done with the world. And I've made a covenant with the day that as long as the sun comes up, brothers and sisters, God still loves you is what he's saying. As long as the world is still spinning, he still thinks of you and he still loves you. As long as this world is still here, God is compassionate and his final words are mercy towards you. That's what he said to Jeremiah. He said, if you want to know if I still think about my people, just look at the world. Look at the sun coming up. My covenant with the day and with the night. I will keep my word to my people. For I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other crea created thing. Hello, somebody. Nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God is looking forward to spending time with you. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you that, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, or the dwelling place. I put my treasures in treasurable places. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall, no, there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. That statement right there translates into another thing that says the former covenants shall be passed away or his covenant with day and with night and he shall make a new heaven and a new earth do you understand what i'm saying this earth may have been broken at the fall of man but he still thinks the world of you because when he changes his covenant and this earth burns up with fervent heat he's going to make another world for you and he's going to put us there in heaven and a new earth, amen, in Jerusalem, coming down as a bride adorned for its church, amen. And he is going to make new covenants with us, and he's going to stand there and see, I told you, see, I told you so. I've always stopped the world of you, and when the one passes away, I'll make a new one just to prove it, because he loves you that much. Would you stand with me today? I hope I've preached something that has moved your heart, has brought you to a place where you can feel God can set you free from anything. Because if he made creation, he can recreate us. Oh, God, let there be rebirthings in this place today. Let there be new births in this place and in the arena tonight. God, let there be a move of your spirit. So when we look around, we can say, what in the world has God done here? Oh, he's done so much because he thinks the world of us. Jesus, we lift you up right now. Come on, open your hearts to God and just thank him for thinking of you. He knows right where you are right now. He knows everything you need right now. If you give it to him, he will get on the job and he'll begin to work for you right now. Surrender anything you need to surrender to him right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Come on, the altar's open. 
why don't you come give him a moment of your time? Why don't you spend some time with the Lord and say, thank you, Lord. I know I've been in places where I would be ashamed to even talk about it, but you came for me. You came for me, Jesus. You came and got me because you thought the world of me. You came after me. You walked in and said, I got better plans for you. I got bigger places for you to be and bigger plans for your life. I will organize your next step. I will make room for you. I'll make a place for you because I think the world of you. In the name of Jesus, minister in this place today. Let angels come shed for me there's no greater love than 